This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. But I listened to the other interview yesterday. You did? Yeah. It's Indian uh, director. Yeah. yeah his film I was just. I, mean, I think the length was quite good. <laughs> the what I mean, was good? The length. I mean, not too long. Yes, it was. Uh, it was thirty-three minutes. jazz welcome to the artists as godard said you don't make a movie the movie makes you in our movie making profession the workings of murphy's law is always at its best in these candid conversations we unravel those challenges that define the makers in the movie making business hope these chats will inspire and elevate you to keep fighting for your dreams but with a mode of reality check on it i'm your host suchita and this podcast is brought to you by metaphysical lab enjoy the show Carl Theodor Dreher and Lars von Trier. We have our guest today, straight from Denmark, Anders Bilatsen. Anders is an award-winning editor with immense experience in fiction and non-fiction storytelling. When I was actually going through his IMDb page, the body of work is so huge that it was impossible to name anything specifically. I'm so grateful he took out time to be here with us and share his process and principles in editing. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you for taking out time for the podcast and I'm going to straight away dive into you coming from film school in Denmark. And mm-hmm. so I was I'm very curious to know that what was the qualities uh, that you identified in yourself at that time? that said that you wanted to specifically be an editor well actually in the beginning i i actually wanted to be a photographer mm-hmm. uh so i spent quite a long time trying to you know get into the to the industry and you know work as a photographer but i i didn't i didn't meet the right people mm-hmm. so i started as an assistant for a photographer and uh, after a while i ended up in an editing room <laughs> Okay. During that shoot and it was I mean for me it was a big revelation, you know, just seeing how all these things just came together in this uh, in this space. So I think from that point on I really was okay. This is what's more interesting. Mhm. So what do you think are the qualities that an editor should have before they actually decide to be an editor? Well, I think the most important qualities, you know, life. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Because uh, no, but I mean, as an editor, you have to you have to be like the audience. I mean, mm. if you feel something towards what you see, the audience going to feel something. So that's the I think that's the very important role of an editor is actually to feel uh, what it's going on on the screen, mm-hmm. uh, and then of course you can tell the story, blah blah. But you have to really be that audience for the first time because you are the first audience. Yes. So that's why also in film school people are not young. <laughs> yes. Because you have to, you know, you have to know something about life and and uh, yeah. So how does an audience of this podcast who wants to be an editor polish themselves as you know uh, wanting to know and feeling life more? <laughs> I think a big difference today from when I went to film school is that now technically, I mean, everybody can, you know, shoot and edit and, and you know, send a film out just yes. over a weekend. So the just all that has become so easy. Yes. Uh, because the equipment at, at that time was much more uh, heavy and it took a long time and it actually shot on film. Yes. Um, so I think the, the best thing to prepare is actually, you know, try stuff out mm-hmm. I mean really try to uh, I mean you have to be interested in, in society and, and uh, you have to be interested in politics and uh, whatever I mean you have to have all these general interests mm. to be the right you know you have to you have to challenge the director you meet yes in all kinds of, of ways so that's I think you have to be ready for that 
uh, and also directors expect that. Yes. Wow. That's that is such uh, a brilliant line to say that you have to challenge the director whom you're going to work with. Wow. So how? Yeah, but I, but I also mean that in a, in, a, in a positive. I mean, you have to somehow. For me, it's I really like to surprise the director. In, yes. In, in in showing how rich actually the material is. Awesome. Yes. E- even if the director was you know fixed on telling a special specific scene in this way. I mean, it, it could also be told in a different way that would make it even more interesting without losing the, you know, the, the aim of the scene. Absolutely. So how do you, Anders, how do you choose a project? Because you are currently doing a lot of work in terms of fiction, Winter's Journey, Dust, which is both a full feature length work. And then you're also doing documentaries mm. um, in the hybrid space. So how do you choose a project? Do you first choose I mean, a project or do you first choose a director? I think for, for, it's difficult to say. Most of the time it's, I mean, the personal relationship has to be good. Yes. I mean, because you have to, I mean, you really have to trust each other in the way that I'm not going to ruin the film. And also I have to trust the director to give me space. Yes. Uh, so I think that, that's also why you, you, know, you, you keep on working together with the same people. Yes. Because I mean, it's like a marriage. You you get all you get through all this crisis, and sometimes you you have to split, and sometimes you just grow. Uh, so normally, I mean, a lot of my projects are, are directors coming back. You know, every three or four years, because that's how long it takes to finance. Yes. <laughs> a film. So I have a handful of directors which I've been working with in many years. Um, but of course, I will. I will never do a film if, if I can't see myself, you know, promoting this theme of this, uh, you know, the story of the film. Yes. Uh, so, it, it it it's a mix. I mean, it has to be an interesting topic, and I also also want to challenge myself. Yes. Each time, in a way that I like, you know, dig into difficult issues and ethical ethic issues, and you know, whatever. Yes. So I would, I mean, for me, film school didn't stop after film school. It's a continuous yes. film school. So every, every film is a new film school in a way. Awesome. Awesome. So how do you prepare uh, for every project, Anders? Is this a process? Do you sort of like to go deep into the material? Uh, do you interact and sit with the director, try and understand the director's perspective on it? How do you do that? But it ha- I mean, it's very different from documentaries and, and uh, fiction because yes. the fiction has a script. Yes. And normally, I, I mean, you will read the script in a uh, like an, an early stage just to you know somehow get involved. Yes. But I also think that that it's as an editor, it's it's a good thing to keep the distance hmm. to to especially on on fiction films because. Um, you have again this kind of this first view of uh, it's very important. Hmm. So if, if 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 I will never go to the shoot because I, I didn't I don't want to know anything about the geography or I mean how the the shooting days went hmm. because somehow it would influence you know my work if I know it was like this that day was just great and all the material I get from that day just looks awesome, uh, completely opposite. <laughs> And, and I mean, I'm I'm the first one who you know have to say that we might lose this scene. <laughs> so yeah. if, if 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 you've been to the shoot and you've got this, you know, everybody's clapping and blah blah blah, it's you you can't, you you really can't, you know, be that kind of first audience. Yes. So normally, uh, if if we were talking about fiction, I would just you know read the script and then discuss the director, maybe also at that point already start to, you know, listen to music, whatever that, you know, inspires me. Hmm. And then you will normally start edit like two weeks in the sh- after the shoot has started. Mm-hmm. And I will get the film in completely, you know, not, uh, it's, it's, not our, it's not how the script is, is written, it's not out of, it's out of order. Mm-hmm. So I will just do the scene and scenes I get. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I, I like this this first you know assembly of the film because I have to find out what's going on even though I know the story. 
I, I would never read the script while, while I'm editing. It's just I put it aside and just see what how the scenes looks, hmm. which is also great because you have to see how you know how the characters are being built and you know and that all the um, actors are always putting you know all kinds of stuff in their character that I have to find out. <laughs> uh, so I think that's you know you spend like six seven weeks on that first cut. Hmm. And then the director comes in and you watch it together. Hmm. And then it's very delicate because you have to, at that point, it's actually my film. <laughs> yes. Uh, in a way. Uh, and I really have to be, you know, open and, and, and not defend what I've done. Yes. I yeah. just have to listen to the director. And normally with the directors I work with, we would discuss like the overall, I mean, do we have like, Big issues we have to to address now, or is it okay? We just start again and do a new cut of the film, uh, and then I would, we we would just talk through like a, a sequence, mm-hmm. and then I would sit on again for two or three days, maybe a week, mm-hmm. and that's how it, and and that rhythm would keep on, you know, in the whole edit, mm-hmm. because I think it's also important that sometimes is, I mean. It's very important of the film that it's it's all the time somebody's watching it with fresh eyes. Yes. So if if, yeah. if we're sitting together in a director and editor, you you won't get that perspective. Yes. So for me, that's really back and forth. Uh, so the, it's very difficult for an editor towards the end to get that. I mean, how do you get you know that fresh look? Uh, so I like to have you know holidays and whatever that you somehow can get away from the film mm-hmm. just for a short period. Mm-hmm. So, if you, if we look at documentaries, uh, instead, it's a completely different process because um, even though you have scripted documentaries as this hybrid film, uh, most documentaries are like you 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 have this kind of theme that you're going for in in in, in the shoot, and then you get hundreds of hours of hours of material, and you somehow you have to, <laughs> yeah, you know, rewrite the story looking through all that material. Uh, so. Like the one I'm sitting with right now, it's just spent like five, six, seven, eight weeks just going through the material and trying to figure out how the the themes and the characters in the film are actually working. Mm-hmm. And then you you know you rewrite the story, or at least you you begin to talk about okay, which scenes or, or, or sequences would be central for this story, and then you try to you know, build it from there. But it's always, I mean, every documentary is different process, actually. Yes. Uh, you, you, never, you, you never know how this, this is going to be. Uh, and I'm always worried until I, you know, I like to have this one scene, you know, that I know the whole film is actually moving towards. Mm. Because then I, I feel comfortable and then, you know, whew, I can relax. Mm. I can relax. But... Um, Normally, documentaries are really not coming together until the very last, you know, few weeks because it's, you know, you're working on a little part of the film and then a different part and, yeah. But does the director of the non-fiction documentary share any kind of, you know, the visual treatment or the intention or the tone yeah, or anything? Yeah, hmm. yeah hmm. of course. I mean, hmm. but as an editor, because you always... On a documentary, you always behind the director because the director's been, you know, maybe shooting for a year or even more. Yes. So you're so much. You, I mean, you're really not on the same level. Yes. So I have to. I really have to, you know, climb up and get to the same level to actually challenge this process. Uh, mm. So of course we would talk a lot in in the beginning. You know, I, mostly I will ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and of course, the director um, will, of course, have you know a lot of thoughts about actually the the, the style of the film and you know blah blah. blah. But normally, yeah. as an editor, you you will actually see that. <laughs> yes. Uh, and today, a lot of documentaries are shot, you know, both by the director or with a photographer or both. Um, and also, a lot of directors today can also edit, which I think is on a documentary is quite great. Mm-hmm. Because you can work on two workstations. So, I mean, because you have such a huge material, you can, you know, 
you can evaluate uh, the material again and again and again. Mm. Uh, and also, it, then it, the director is busy <laughs> mm. Mm. doing something, and, and I think that's good. Mm. Mm. So, Anders, does this aspect come in mind, this, this thought that um, a specific film, whether it's... Um, I would like to talk mo mostly about fiction here, is mm -hmm. meant for a commercial market versus it's meant for a festival market. Does the style of the editing change understanding the kind of markets it belongs to? I don't think I've ever been worked, I've been working on a film that would address the market. I mean, uh, most of the films I work with in fiction is about the story and make, make the story as, you know, interesting and, and um, uh, yeah as possible mm -hmm. maybe sometimes that, I mean most of the time that this I mean the subject is, is chosen because of you know interest from the director and not because you're going to you know you want to go to a specific festival mm -hmm. uh, because uh, for me it's important that this film comes from the director I mean that it's really something that is important for the director to tell the story right now mm -hmm. uh, and it doesn't you know it doesn't matter if it's going to this or that festival I think it's more important that actually we get you know the story out yes uh, yeah so I, I've never met directors who's trying to please a specific uh, festival group. Hmm. no hmm. Hmm. sure the target group that target group is different because that's hmm. the audience hmm. Hmm. of course hmm. if you're if you of course, if you're um, trying to, you know, if you want to tell a story to a specific, like a young audience, of course, you have to think about the style of the film. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, that's already in the script. It's not yes. something that you decide in the editing. It's, it's already, of course, and in, in the photography and the acting and everything. Yes, absolutely. So what are the principles of editing, Anders? For me, the, the principle of editing is also always engaging the audience okay. in the story and the mm -hmm. characters. And, and for me, that's a way of, you know, keeping the audience um, engaged in a way that you can, you know, you can edit a scene that, it, you know, that you're trying to have secrets for the audience to figure out or, I mean, or you surprise them with, you know, a turning point or whatever. Mm. So for me, it's all about, again, being the mastermind of where the audience is at a specific point in the film. Mm -hmm. uh, and for me, uh, I mean, personally, I always think it's important that you have a kind of POV in, in, in the scene. I mean, that the audience mm -hmm. very, is very important that they know from which perspective the scene is actually perceived. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that would engage them more. Mm. Instead of having this kind of, I mean, if you can understand that you can, and that's also have to do, of course, with the, the shooting of the film, that you try to place the audience in the scene and not looking at the scene. Wow. Mm. Uh, and I think, the, I mean, the principle of that is, of course, in the photography, that how, where the camera is mm. and how it moves. Yes. And the editing, it's, it's much about, you know, keeping... Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, you you can look at the if you had like a dialogue scene. I mean, you can edit it. You can edit as it as a, a like a tennis match. You know, bing bong, bing bong. Yes. And that would not be a very interesting scene. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> but maybe sometimes it, a scene would be much more interesting if you just look at the one who's listening instead of looking at the one who's talking. So. No. Oh. Yeah. So it's all these. Of course, there's a lot of principles, but. Again, it's all about you know feeling and and looking and trying to figure out what's what is the most interesting way of telling this specific scene because it's again the audience is clever. Yes. <laughs> so you always have to you know make them feel clever. Yes. <laughs> the way that you nice. I mean if 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 they figure it out too soon, of course they're bored. Hmm. Uh, so I mean. Less is more is, 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 is a principle, uh, but it's also very, like a cliche, but it's, I think it's right, of course. Mm -hmm. That you have to find that, that, that balance of, I mean, you only have to tell as much as needed to, for the audience to, to figure out what's going on in the scene. 
Mm. I'm going to just go back a bit to the collaborations in fiction uh, mm-hmm. when you're editing um, a film. What is that one thing that's the most important aspect of a collaboration between, you know, an editor and a director you know, while you're doing a feature work? I think it's important that you, you know, that you, you have this, um, you trust. I mean, mm-hmm. the director trusts me that I would try to make the film, of course, as <laughs> good as possible, also, but also as interesting as, as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, the most important thing is, of course, that and, and then the space you have, you know, while you're working. Hmm. Because it's sometimes it, you can't really explain what you're doing. You're just, you know, somehow you're, you're feeling your way and you have to, you know, try stuff out. And I think being a director sitting in editing room must be terrible because sometimes he will listen to the same dialogue piece for like 20 minutes and he, he or she must think, why is <laughs> Why is he playing that line again and again and again? <laughs> and that's because maybe I'm, you know, in the middle of trying something out, which I really can't explain. Mm. Uh, so I think it's important that exactly that, that we don't, you know, sit together too much. But of course, we have to sit together a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just have to be on the right, on the right uh, timing in, in, in the process. Uh, and of course, you have to, I mean... You have to like each other, and you're, you're definitely going to have create some fun because otherwise it's going to be a little bit tough. Um, but I think this, this, there's so many things which are not really some so much you talk about. It's something that you actually you know you like the the collaboration, and you you just feel that the director comes with interesting material that you really like to you know make as good as possible. Um, what happens when uh, you know there is when you're not on the same page when the two of you are not on the same page what happens after that yeah well, of course I mean it's always the director who has the last say mm. uh, in a film but nobody wants to make a have a process where it's like a fight yes like okay now, now you win and I have to win the next one yes it's always, but I would I mean if a director really feels strongly about a point which I I'm not I don't agree with, of course I can be professional and I can edit, you know, that scene in that way. Yes. And then sometimes maybe at a screening, somebody will say something that somehow you know goes my way, and then we will look at the scene again. Hmm. Uh, but also while editing, I, I, sometimes I even make you know different cuts of each, each scene just to you know have a discussion. I mean, you can, and also directors sometimes make in the acting different, you know, uh, levels in how the acting is, is, is in a scene. So you can actually make a different cut of the same scene with it. You know, it, it can be warmer or cooler or more, you know, uh, fast or slow. I mean, it's, um, that's what is so funny about it, uh, editing that you really don't, <laughs> you can't really know how a scene is going to end in the final film yes um, and it's fun sometimes if you have the time to actually go back and watch that you know first assembly just to see okay where, how did we start out mm-hmm. sure <laughs> and, some, and, and sometimes you actually go back to stuff that you did quite early because you were doing it really on you know not thinking too much which sometimes makes really great scenes uh, because you just follow you know how how you feel at that specific moment and you're, you're not too much in the film at that point. Mm-hmm. Tell me, how was the mentoring in Film Bazaar 2018? What was the experience like? Um, I think it was really a privilege to meet all these very talented uh, film people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the films were very different because I had... I mean, there's five films in the f- uh, in the lab, mm-hmm. and I had the three of them. And there's one from there's one from Nepal, and one from Assam, mm-hmm. and one from um, this uh, state, K- K- something with K. Kerala. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. This communist. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So it's a very, three very different films, mm-hmm. and for me, it's again. <laughs> I'm just curious, you know, how how films been made in a different parts of the world because that's yes. also inspiring for me. Yes. 
And I think what was the the general what was nice is they all choose chose topics which were you know close to them and actually were about their own community, mm-hmm. which again makes made the films really interesting because it's like a documentary topic, you know. One film from Asim was looking at this thing that, you know, with young girls get the first period. Mm-hmm. They have to go through this uh, a week of, you know, kind of celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of girls has difficulty with the first period and it was a big taboo mm-hmm. uh, in his, you know, in his uh, hometown. So he was doing this fiction film about this topic, mm-hmm. which I think was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So it was both a privilege, but also, I, I mean, coming from Denmark, I could really feel that we are, I mean, we have so many th- things that just helps us in, in the, you know, in the process of becoming filmmakers, which are, which they don't have the same way. Uh, so it was nice to, you know, help them and show how I would, you know, work with material. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually now I'm, I'm still following because the films are not finished so uh, okay yeah so hopefully they will be finished in in, uh, in spring do you also pay attention to the aspect of structure and see that you know it can be restructured while you're editing if you feel something's not right yeah mm-hmm. and that's why I mean for me the film also I mean I'm I'm always have I'm always working with the film also on the, on 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 the wall in the editing room, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, with, with the scenes, you know, written in small notes, mm-hmm. because sometimes it's 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 it gives me this kind of I can just sit and watch the film without actually watching it, mm-hmm. just remembering the scenes and 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 by doing that, I will somehow you know create the space for because it's not I mean restructuring the film. It's not something that you only do if there's problems. It, also, it could also be something you do because it would become stronger, yeah. uh, more interesting. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's just a way of evaluating the, the, the process again and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, sometimes I'm even biking, you know, back from work. I actually do some of the most <laughs> interesting edits in my head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because in a way, you, I mean, the film is, you know, it's always, you know, in process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I was working with this one director, the one who I made this hybrid film with, that we were, you know, sometimes in the afternoon we would just go for a walk for an hour and then we would actually walk in the film. <laughs> meaning that we would just, just walk and, and discuss the scenes mm-hmm. and and see how much we, we would we remember from the scenes. <laughs> wow. Which sometimes, you know, sometimes we could just stop and, and get the same idea at the same time because we're just, you know... <laughs> Yes. walking in the film which was quite nice mm-hmm. so editing is also uh, about you know not always looking at that screen yes it's also about you know just sitting listening to music or you know looking at that wall and just think why is why is this like three scenes with that dog there I mean, yeah <laughs> and you would just start to wonder you just start to wonder yes and I think that's the whole point of editing that you have to you know make space for that you can wonder Yes. Uh, so it's not all. I mean, I like the way of thinking. You know, positive of editing, not about you know. I have to. I have to save the film. No, mm. I have to just make it better all the time. Um, and sometimes you don't know. There's one stone you don't know. You you have to turn to get that. You know that really great idea. Mm. Sometimes you never find that stone, and sometimes it just you know pops up in a very strange moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so that's a I mean you have to really have to you know be careful about how you structure your editing so you don't just look at that timeline and that's it yes Uh, because that's really yeah and also because sometimes a timeline is something that you you try to make like neat Hmm. (laughs) yes you know with colors and blah 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 so sometimes you have to just look at that film in a different way Yes, but and is there some directors, uh, like I'm again coming back to the collaborative process, there's some mm-hmm. directors like Meera and I, for example, she likes to work hands-on with the editor. Like she's in mm-hmm. the edit room from day one to the last day. Hmm. I, I never tried that. But of course there's <laughs> editors who, who like to work like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're, as, we're as different as people outside the editing room. So mm-hmm. 
of course, the, those collaborations is also, and I, I also know editors who work like two editors together mm. on one film, which mm-hmm. I, I mean, which is also it must be difficult, uh, but could also be interesting for the film. Yes. Uh, so I, I'm not. There's not like one way way of doing this. Mm. I mean, but of course, directors that I work with have the same feeling of collaboration as I as I have. Mm-hmm. Because I, I tried to work with directors who were sitting, you know, just beside me all the time, and it, it was just terrible for me. <laughs> yeah. And and I think also for them. Mm. Um, so, yeah, mm. you have to find those, you know, good marriages. Yes, which will last. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. And sometimes, I mean, with the, the dust film, because the director was an Indian, being uh, educated in Germany. I mean. We couldn't sit together uh, because, I mean, she has to go, uh, you know, back and forth to India and I have to be in Copenhagen and sometimes I was in in Berlin. So it was also a good thing that the film, you know, had all these kind of strange places of editing because I think it was good for the film because it, the, the whole process was dragged out in, in, a, in a longer period. So you, you edited at different places for Dust? Yeah. Okay. But no, I mean, I have my. I mean, mo- most of it was edited here in in Copenhagen. But of course, it was sometimes also easier, you know, to to be together in a different location. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. Because also in this hybrid film, we were doing a lot of editing in Berlin, which you know was because the director lives in Berlin. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was nice to get away for a week and just being focused. Uh, so again, it's all about making this process as, as you know, different and, and interest, interesting as possible. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants you to edit a film and the person is sitting in India and you are sitting in Denmark, how does one mm-hmm. transfer the material? It's all like on the cloud or it's like, you know, doing transfer, uh, sending the hard disk by courier? Yeah, you, send, send the, you have like a, a clone. Mm-hmm. So everybody has a hard disk and you can just share the timelines. Mm-hmm. But actually now, I mean, even Skype has this feature that you can share the, the screen. Mm-hmm. So you can actually, I mean, if the if the internet connection is fast enough, you can actually, I can actually, you know, put my avid on the, on, the, on the Skype and then the person sitting in India can also watch my timeline. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. You've of course, it, it's, I like to sit together, of course. Yeah. <laughs> How long does, uh, you know, a fiction project versus a non-fiction project take? edit i mean i think most fiction films that i've been edited in as in, in here in denmark it's between between 18 and maybe 20 24 weeks mm-hmm. uh, total mm-hmm. and uh, documentaries can be you know a lot longer you never know mm-hmm. um, how long yeah, but then you could be like, you know, then it's going to be more than half a year, ah. six months, seven months, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Depending on the, on the complexity and, and, and the amount of material. Anders, tell me, you have been mentoring, uh, you know, besides Film Bazaar as well. So <laughs> do you see, what is it that one thing you take away when you see films from different countries, um, you know, from different states, from different filmmakers, different gender of filmmakers. Again, I, 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 for me, I'm just, I'm just curious how you know different people are approaching filmmaking, uh, mm-hmm. and what I'm trying to help with again is this. I mean, a way of you know, just simple. Of course, there's some basic you know ways of looking at material that you can you know use if you're in whatever whatever country you come from mm-hmm. uh, but again I think the process of I think you know for example in in, in, uh, in film bazaar I mean because they're working you know with very little budget and stuff I mean the way that they approach the film is of course very different mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. They, they know they only have a limited amount of, of money Mm-hmm. Um, they approach a film uh, in a way different. Uh, are, are you talking about the uh, the style, the approach, or is it 
the production value of it or yeah of course the production value but also i mean for example the film from nepal i mean he was using a lot of his family as actors <laughs> okay Uh, mm-hmm. Even though it was also taking place in this, the problem the film was addressing was also, you know, in, it was all about um, uh, what they call it, um, you know, the, the, the structures, the, the structure and the layers in society. So you know, the, there's somebody at the top and there's somebody at the bottom. Mm-hmm. This film was all about kicking downwards. You know, that you're always kicking at somebody who's lower than you in in, in the society. Mm-hmm. So that was quite funny that he was actually able to make this kind of theme within his own community, uh, and it was both funny and 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 also quite strong because it was mm-hmm. uh, this kind of, you know, structure that everybody was you know just looking down mm-hmm. <laughs> on some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, I mean, of course, there's a basic stuff that you that I can you know see that everybody, of course, works with. Uh, mm-hmm in the way but it's again it's so different mm-hmm. uh, if people have some of these has also been in film school mm-hmm. uh, but I think in India nobody's I, I am I mean every time I try to put something on the wall they'll just look at me and say hmm <laughs> <laughs> so and mm. the way I've been that, that's been my really main th- I really like them to work also on, on the wall mm-hmm. uh, But I think it's it's just important. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so of course it's different from country to country, but in Europe I think it's it's really you know it looks the, somehow the same. At least in Scandinavia, it's very much the same. Um, but film school is you know a Danish film school is you know not about editing all the time. It's it's also about you know learning again about arts and, and literature and paintings and whatever mm-hmm. uh, yeah so um, Anders when you, you were mentoring these uh, projects in work in progress lab mm-hmm. uh, did you uh, sort of comparatively in the international uh, films and other countries did you see that these films in terms of the style or the content or the con- cultural uh, context uh, were going to stand out in the international market? But I'm, I mean, the whole point of this lab is actually to get this film, you know, on a festival outside mm-hmm. India because mm-hmm. of, you know, because of Bollywood is so strong in India. So these films would never have a chance. Yes. Otherwise. So, I think the idea of bringing in people from the West, I mean, I was not the only one in, in the progress lab. Is, I mean, yeah, it's a way of challenging these filmmakers not to make a film in a Western style, but just yes. to have the discussion, you know, so they would make their own film, I mean, stronger. Because mm-hmm. I would never say that you should do like this. I mean, I would just challenge them in a way that, again, how can they... Because if the film is... Wherever the film is shot, it has to engage the audience. Yes. So, in and for me, I think the strong thing about f- films, from from example, the ones in film is that also the topics are, you know, something that you would never heard of. Mm-hmm. And the style of the film, maybe it's a little bit more documentary in a way. Mm-hmm. At least the, the two ones from from the north, not mm-hmm. the one from Kerala. Uh, I think that was n- much more like. Uh, like normal in a way mm-hmm. um, so I think the whole idea is just to make them you know make the film as strong as possible and then get some connections uh, outside India I have been sort of um, also trying to analyze this fact that the aesthetics of uh, making a film mm-hmm. uh, whichever country it is it is India or the European countries or do you think how varied are the aesthetics of making a film and how does that impact when it comes to putting your film in the international market but i mean if this it's a huge difference if the film has been made in in us or in denmark or in scandinavia mm-hmm. or even in even inside europe because i mean i think in in for example just if you just talk about music Uh, I mean, in, in the Scandinavian countries, normally we would, you know, we would have the music come late. 
Mm-hmm. While in America, the music would always come in early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somehow, it's you know, it's pushing the the emotions uh, in the audience. Mm-hmm. And here, we, I mean, so that's a, it's a completely different way of you know looking at storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, there's a, a big difference, even even just from you know Italy to to Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have to define the aesthetics because maybe it's more about the you know the the, the topics and the storytelling yes. because uh, everybody has good cameras today everybody has you know good editing equipment everybody has you know money for uh, CGI so I think that the difference is more about how the film are being told yes um, because everybody has you know the access to the same equipment today yes. Uh, so the how is the film being told mm-hmm. uh, uh, of course differs from uh, I think the person to person more than country to country yeah but also I mean I feel that I mean if I look back at last year and the film that I really liked last year were all films that has this you know they were not about the plot it was more about the characters and and uh, and the themes Mm-hmm. which I think is much more interesting because it's it's just you're being challenged much more than because if if, the, if you have these films with a strong plot you can actually just look at your watch and say okay click 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 mm. but these films were you know where the where the characters are like the main thing or the theme I think that the films are much more interesting as an as, as me as an audience to watch mm-hmm. because it's more like a slice of life do you feel that films film aesthetics is going to converge at a point where you know it will be something that can be defined universally not just emotionally i think because it's i mean everything is getting so commercialized, uh, commercialized. i think there's of course a lot of the most i mean the commercial films are beginning to look more and more like all over the world mm-hmm. uh but i still think that the more indie films are and are luckily very different I mean, if they come from Japan or or India or or, or you know Argentina, or whatever, I think there's very a, a huge difference mm-hmm. okay. still in the film, which I think is great. And that I mean, and that has to do with people are trying to you know they're bringing their you know the heritage with them mm-hmm. in the film, mm-hmm. uh, and that's also what I saw with the film at Filmbasis. I, I mean, they are really special. Because they're made in that community, mm-hmm. and I think you can talk about the same things when you look at the indie films coming from Denmark. It's also about you know local problems, which are, of course are universal universal themes in all films mm-hmm. about relationship or family or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think we would see that every film is look would look the same. But of course, the commercial side is of course strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I mean, in Denmark, films are, I mean, we get funding from the state, mm-hmm. which of course makes room for, you know, all kinds of different films. But if you have to, you know, have to only apply for commercial money, of course, it's different. And I think that's also the difference between Bollywood and, and the more independent films in India. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, Bollywood films somehow, I only see, maybe I only see a few, but they look the same in a way. <laughs> uh, Have you seen Bollywood films? Yeah, but I, I, I never lasted to see it to the end. <laughs> <laughs> All this dancing and talking and dancing, and it's just like, okay. Mm-hmm. If we, you don't give... go, because, uh, we don't want to get go there because it's a little bit political. <laughs> <laughs> if you were given to re-edit a Bollywood film, Anders, would you edit it? What no. would I'm just wondering what would be the changes? Exactly, because I, I mean, it's there's, there's so many. It's, it's, it's I mean, they're doing it in a very you know. I think the audience maybe when people love these films, they want to have the same film again and again and again. Hmm. I don't know, but somehow uh, maybe I'm being ignorant, but they look the same in a way. So I'm doing this film about censorship. Yes. Documentary, and it also has a sequence uh, taking place in India, and I think this whole censor system in India is quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it is. Have, I mean, you you have all this about you you can't show any kissing and nudity, and then you have the Bollywood films, 
mm. in, in my eyes, it's, it's not. It's all about you know sex and nudity. <laughs> it's all. <laughs> it's just really strange. <laughs> yes, well, but we don't want to go there because it's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think but as a female, mm-hmm. it must be strange. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there is a lot that's there. A lot of rules are sort of just there, but you know. People who can get through them can get through them, you know. And people yeah, yeah. who can't get through them can't get through them. It's it's mm. you know, everywhere there is a muscle, you know. How do you how do you imagine filmmaking five years from now in terms of uh, the way we are moving towards, uh, you know, more, uh, you know, the the whole world is sitting and watching YouTube videos and everything mm. is getting digitized. Do you see five years from now that affecting the kind of films that you? are doing right now um i think we uh, i think we're gonna have both i mean we're gonna have much more going on you know on the on the internet you know and also all this kind of you know in denmark or at least in europe we have all this kind of web series of episodes mm-hmm. which are you know small small short stories mm-hmm. which are not you know they can be like eight minutes or 20 minutes it doesn't matter mm-hmm. um and of course, people still want to, I mean, my feeling is that people still want to, you know, go together in cinema and watch a film mm-hmm. on a big screen. And I think, uh, and I think the, um, we're taking serious, you know, that if you want to bring people in the cinema, you have to, you know, do something extraordinary in the way that you're using the screen and also the way you're telling a story. Um so I think we're going to have both. But of course, I mean, my main concern is, you know, the big companies like Netflix, mm. uh, because they have so much money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And of course, now they're, you know, getting all these directors, you know, Coen Brothers and uh, Karun and all those. I mean. Yes. But I'm also a bit afraid that they can, you know, again, be too big. Mm. Uh, and somehow, you know. They have to big. Res- they have a big res- responsibility to you know make space for more indie films. Yes. Uh, uh, and um, but I mean in Denmark we just have a our system is you know is really taking care of that all the time that we have to have a you know big blockbusters but also a lot of non-commercial films would maybe is only being seen by ten thousand people but it's still okay. Oh. Because we, we, yeah, because for us, we always think about it. I mean, we have to develop the film language. Yes. And just making commercial blockbusters, you don't, you know, of course you make bigger and bigger special effects, but, you know, the way you're telling a story is not something new. It's always the same. So yes. we have all these kind of, you know, places where you can get money for making, you know, strange experimental films, which somehow educates the director to become, you know, a, a better director, but mm-hmm. also that you have to, you have to, I mean, you have to make films which are not perfect to become a better director and editor. Yes. Uh, so I'm just lucky to live in a place where you have those, you know, Systems. How is the system? Is this the government that take, takes care of it? Yeah, yeah. We have, mm-hmm. a, for example, we have this place called um, New Danish Screen, mm-hmm. which is a place where you can make like low budget films, but you can really exp- experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you still get financed. Uh, wow. Yeah. And and who finances it? The government. That's the state. The state, ah, yeah. lovely. Mm. Um, so that's the way that we we keep on, and I think that's the way actually the reason why we have success even though we are a small country mm-hmm. because we keep bringing out these directors who's really you know that one in at least there's one in in every 20 which are something special mm-hmm. uh, and I think they you know because the system helps yes they're you know making bad movies on the way <laughs> yes but even a bad movie has good you know moments so yes. um, yeah wow I think that's a great takeaway, you know. I think I think the Indian government should do that as well, you know, learning from the Danish government. I think that's... Mm. But as, I mean, uh, film besides, you know, in a small scale, that's that, that somehow you get, you know, you can bring something which is not perfect. Yes. Uh, but at least it's interesting and it, it's something that, you know, 
there's something that you can, you know, work on, and it still is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Any of your favorite editors, or you know, some favorite films, or any books you would like to recommend? <laughs> yeah, that'd be really helpful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's not that many books on editing uh, mm-hmm. because most of the books are done back in the years where you have all these rules. Yes. Now every rule is broken, and that's yes. it, it, there's no rules mm-hmm. <laughs> except Great. you have to gauge the audience. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but I mean, we don't care about it. I mean, today when how the camera works and, you know, all the, yeah. the jump cutting and it, it's, yes. it's more about telling the story in the best possible way. Yes. Um, so for me, it's, I mean, the best film school for anyone is just to watch films. Mm-hmm. And actually also watch them again and again and again if you really like them and just to, you know, steal. Yes. So much my editing is also stealing from yes. everybody. <laughs> yes. If I see something interesting, I just try to make it my own. Yes, uh, lovely. Hmm. Uh, so, for me, the um, and as as a, now today that the Copenhagen uh, Doc started, which is a big documentary festival in Copenhagen, hmm. and I think the best again is just to watch films on the festivals because that's. That are films which would never be shown on a on a you know commercial basis. So mm-hmm. you can see all these films which are not perfect, but there's always something interested, interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. Okay. Do, uh, do you want to recommend any editors that you know one should sort of so you look up to who whose work you've liked in the past? It's so difficult to say that what is the editor and what is the director. You know, for me, it's the the mm. storytelling and, and the mm. film, mm. 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 and I mean, last I mean, you have you have Roma last year, which was like a, a great film mm-hmm. uh, in editing. To receive footage that has been shot with editing in mind, it is a blessing. That's a quotation from Thelma Schoonmaker, the editor of all Martin Scorsese films. And I believe that if the director is aware about editing while they're shooting their films, the visual treatment comes closest to what the director has intended uh, through the scenes and through the storytelling. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, if you wish to connect to Anders, you can do that on his social media page, Facebook and LinkedIn. If you have any suggestions for me, you can connect to me as well. And that is on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening and I'll see you guys soon. Mm-hmm.